The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, The Power of Water, Global Warming and Your Health. I'm Sharon Kleina. I want to let you know that we're very excited about our guests every week, and it's a show that each week my special guests uh, that you're listening to are going to be offering and have been offering for over two years now. Health education for you and the earth that you're living with. And I need you to know that the show is based on a vision that I personally had in my research that I've been in for many, many years as the founder of Biologic Aqua Research Center that I remembered long ago that when people, the education we offer to each other is sometimes a reminder or we're learning something brand new from someone that we're very privileged to get some information with, let's say with. Their education is offered to us through their experiences, their uh, education if they're an herbalist, a chiropractor, if they're a surgeon, uh, if they do laser surgery, if they do bariatric surgery, they do cardiological surgery. It doesn't, the individuals that come on to our show, the Your Health, are very prominent, very special, very busy people every day. And the education that they're trying to give you is something special to them. It's almost everyone is on a mission also, even though professionally they're going to work every day and they're practicing what they're teaching us. Our second guest each week is usually someone in the nature of our earth. And something I've always said, you're living with earth. It's not going to live with you. It started before you became part of this earth. So how you get up in the morning, put your two feet on the ground, and begin your personal day is your, your personal environmental lifestyle choice. Now, for you to understand where I'm coming from with my background and well over 30 years of study is the fact that when you get up every day, you make a choice. You personally have that freedom. You may think wherever in the world you're listening to this show that you maybe don't have a choice. Oh, yes, you do. How you go to bed and your mindset is where your mind's going to be. When you get out of bed, it's your mind. It's the freedom of your choice, your mental freedom of choice. So what you choose in your mental thinking of how you're going to take care of yourself, live on this earth, and, and do what you need to do to be a healthier person, your attitude, drinking enough water, a lot of people don't drink enough water. I, I have this show based on the power of water because I know people are not drinking enough water. Well, I heard people say, well, I'm a camel. Don't ever do that to you or anyone around you. We're not a walking camel. We're living on the planet. We need the water. And without the water, there is no life. And there could be water. Water can save lives. So be thinking every day about what you're wanting to learn and for more information to help develop a personal environmental lifestyle, visit our website, www.biologicaqua.com, which also offers many other helpful links to all of the shows that have been on. And they're all 
dedicated to different uh, education. So you can pick out the one you want to listen to. Just turn it on. Listen to your choice. Walk around the house with it on loud or in your office. We've had doctor's offices listening to it. Uh, their staff are listening to it and their uh, patients. Just turn it on loud. Let people kind of listen to it in the background and you might save someone's life or they may walk away and think of something that they can educate to save someone's life. My show each week is dedicated to helping each listener create their own lifestyle choice, providing individual common sense and solutions, providing new education that probably haven't heard before, reinforcing what you may already know, and that's something I'm saying. We get confused. I don't care who we are and what professional life we're at. We all get confused. Providing empowering education to allow individuals for that choice. Personal, environmental, lifestyle choices. Today we have Dr. Colbert, who's in, from Florida. He's a doctor of, uh, and medical director at Divine Health. Uh, he wants to discuss his book, which I'm very excited about. I was very excited to have Dr. Don Colbert on. Eat This and Live and Nutrition, Lifestyle, and Toxic Relief. It's vital to your understanding how to detoxify. Our second guest will be Mike Wade from Sacramento, California. He's the executive director of California's Farm Water Coalition, discussing the California water supply crisis. And this is very near to all of our hearts. It will eventually affect all of us if we're not careful. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature Sears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing the tear film for dry eyes. And we'll be right back with Dr. Colbert. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. This is the Sharon Kleiner Hour, the power of water global warming in your health. And remember, listeners, when you're listening to Dr. Colbert, he truly believes in the nature of your life, living with the earth. Dr. Colbert, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, sure. I know your time is very valuable, so let's start immediately. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your mission, and we'll go into some of the questions I'll ask so our listeners will learn everything we can from you today. Oh, sure. Well, first of all, I'm, I've been a medical doctor board certified in family practice now for uh, approximately 23 years, and I've treated over 40,000 patients, and I've learned in these 23 years that uh, bad choices are usually at the root of most diseases. And unfortunately, most of my colleagues are throwing medicines at the diseases and as a result getting more side effects and the patients are developing more side effects and more problems and losing their energy and their uh, deep sleep at night. And as a result, they're uh, developing worse diseases and usually they um, check out early. Now, when so, you say your, well, then what is your specialty then to, uh, well, give, to uh, give us the alternative choices? 
Well, what I do now is I do more preventive medicine and I treat okay. patients with uh, chronic diseases, but instead of taking a medical approach using medications, I usually, I, I almost I always do natural approaches, putting them on the right foods, detoxification methods, mm-hmm. drinking the right types of water, the right types of beverages, mm-hmm. correcting adrenal fatigue, giving them nutritional support. For example, most patients over 50 are low in vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And if we can get the vitamin D level high enough, we can prevent a lot of cancer as well as autoimmune disease as well as help the bones. Now, when and you say, let's, let's, let's pretend like our listeners are, and well, are novice, and you're mentioning something uh, there very quickly, some of the, um, uh, let's say, the symptoms of individuals' uh, daily uh, discomforts and or preventative, um, you're talking to the uh, to the listener to think about it before it happens even be preventative be proactive so when you're saying um, uh, that the individual learns to needs to learn to be uh, I'll use the word proactive before the symptom happens um, what what are you thinking uh, when you're saying I'm treating the patient for what is actually the symptom not how to band-aid it and I'm going to talk more like that for you in other words, when the individual comes in and they have a complaint, because they usually don't go to the doctor proactively before something happens, they come in, they have a symptom of complaint, and they've, they're mentioning it to you, and you directly go toward the symptom, the original root of what caused it. Am I right or wrong? Well, well, for example, we all listen to signs and, or symptoms and look at signs. And then, for example, if a person's having frequent urination and excessive thirst, we check them first, usually for diabetes. And if they have diabetes, most doctors with type 2 diabetes will place them on medications. What we do is we uh, measure their waist, and we find that most people with diabetes have a, men have a waist greater than 40, and women have a waist greater than 35. Mm-hmm. And we work on their waste measurement. We give them natural supplements in the form of uh, nutrients such as alpha-lipoic acid and mm-hmm. cinnamon or cinnamon, omega-3 fats, and um, other types of supplements that lower their blood sugar naturally and then work on their lifestyle changes and exercise program and building muscles so that they can generally overcome the disease without being on medications. Now, why did you go to the waste? Um, the, uh, I think our listeners would like to... Uh, have you analyzed that for us? Why did uh, uh, the medical profession go and check the waste out first? Well, they don't. Unfortunately, the medical profession doesn't do that. What I've found over the years is that your waistline is generally your lifeline. And when your waist In other measure, words, the, the abdomen coming up and down, the swelling or uh, discomfort is going up and down all the time. Well, the waist measurement is measured around your belly button or umbilicus. Okay. Okay. When that waist measurement in men is greater than 40, the chance of diabetes, type 2 diabetes, escalates dramatically. Mm -hmm. And women, greater than 35. And uh, what we find is in most of these men that have type 2 diabetes, many of them are low in testosterone and many of them need certain supplements Mm -hmm. and along with a, a weight management program to help them lose that waste and uh, down to an acceptable range. And then we find we can usually reverse many of the patients with type 2 diabetes. Oh, wonderful. Now, I had a small lady this morning who came in, and I've seen her for the past few years. She was seeing a rheumatologist for rheumatoid arthritis, 41 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had four years ago severe joint pains in her hand, all over really, but especially in her hands and wrists and feet and ankles Mm -hmm. and knees. 
And uh, the doctor wanted to put her on methotrexate. So she came down here after four years. We're controlling her pain with all natural supplements, only a handful, approximately six. She has no pain. She saw a rheumatologist. She cannot believe it. She's had no progression of her disease. Her pains are totally relieved. Now, she still is test-in-positive positive for rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. but we're using alkaline water and mm-hmm. getting her urine pH alkalinized to 7 to 7.5. Mm-hmm. We're eliminating food she's sensitive to, mm-hmm. and just a few key supplements have literally stopped the disease. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other common things that you'd like to listeners to think about today? that are, let's say, out there more common than people recognize in themselves? Well, as far as the, one of the major things we find with almost every chronic disease, we usually find a deadly emotion. And, for example, I, I saw a lady last week who came in with uh, metastatic breast cancer, and um, she was, um, you know, that she had foregone taking chemotherapy because it was too advanced and she didn't want to go through the side effects. She was a lady in her early 50s. Mm-hmm. And I, I told her, it's the first time I'd seen her, that what I found is that most people with a cancer have usually had a major shock, trauma, or surprise about at least five to ten years prior to the cancer showing up. And she had had the cancer for a couple of years. So I said, let's go back about ten years prior to you having that cancer. Mm-hmm. And I said, have you had any uh, major trauma? Have you had any... Um, major accident or uh, maybe a son that was in jail and she started crying saying you know 10 years ago prior to my cancer my son was arrested for a crime he committed was put in prison Mm -hmm. and he's just getting out later this year and we find that so many traumas are trapped in us and when we can unlock that trauma which we have simple ways of doing that Mm -hmm. we can literally get the body in a parasympathetic state which is a healing state and the body can many times start to heal you know doctor you just hit on something that many many years ago when i started studying over 30 years ago and you'll be amazed i was president of the american cancer society and i i was always concerned about an individual diagnosed with a terminal diagnosis and everybody would fall apart and when the family fell apart and got upset and the patient got upset and all this with the announcement i their stress would take them before anything Mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was shocked. So I started studying, what could we do to reduce that stress and tell the family, please, hide your stress. Well, I got into dehydration of the body, mm-hmm. and all by accident, doctor, I found after years of research that the dehydration of the body at individual suds level, let's say how much every any person can handle, as a personal person, uniquely, how much stress can they handle? And it's almost like pushing a person off the bridge without a bungee, the cord opening, bungee jumping. Stress is all individual. So I came along and I thought, you know, as the many years came by and I studied and I became more the technology now and the water and understanding, I decided not to write the book. Let's dive in and build a research center around it. So as I learned, the moment you were born, you entered in the air where you breathe, you left that pocket of water, you became like a suction cup to air. You began a dehydration moment. No two eyes are alike. No two skins on the complexion alike. No two fingerprints and more alike. Our stress is individual. People get annoyed by it, but it shouldn't be because it's your individuality of stress. How do we learn to be stronger and, and learn to deal with the unknown and, and release that stress? Uh, What are some of the secrets for people who are in prison all over the world, people who have lost their lives, 
not with a disease, not with the diagnosis, because of stress first. Well, first of all, I wrote a book on stress years ago called oh, Stress did? Less. I uh-huh. sure did. And uh, I just was working on a book this weekend on anxiety and depression. Oh, and good I, for you. And I found over the years, over the years of practicing so many years, mm-hmm. that there's only about 10 major distortional thought patterns that people have that get them lo- literally locked into st- excessive chronic stress, also locked into uh, anxiety and depression. And when we learn to recognize these uh, thought patterns, and we do it by our feelings because when we feel bad, generally we're meditating or thinking on subconsciously a a negative thought pattern that we have to learn to recognize and then refute it and program it with a proper thought pattern. Now, this is done with cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a wonderful form of thought therapy. Now, what's it called? Cognitive behavioral therapy. And you can literally learn to recognize and reprogram these distortional thought patterns, which are at the root of most stress, of most anxiety, and most depression. Well, you know our brain is 80% water. Right. You know, and then, doctor, did you know, and I know you know this, I just had Dr. Marguerite McDonald, who's world fame uh, all over the world, is one of the founders of LASIK eye surgery from the first to do it. I've been on Academy mm-hmm. Worldwide and consultant all over the world. Dr. McDonald was... And Dr. Um, uh, and, uh, Dr. Um, Scott Jens has told us, with infancies, the moment your eyes uh, begin, the, uh, connected to the brain immediately. The brain and the eyes are connected immediately Absolutely. together. And the, if the brain is 80% water, and the eyes are depending upon the tear film, enzymes, protein, to, to be healthy, can you imagine the anxiety just because of dry air? Well, that, and plus our brain is approximately 60% fat. And look at all the bad fats we're feeding our brain. So many of Americans' brains are partially hydrogenated, and as a result, the neurotransmitters do not dock well at the receptor sites. So uh, well, we we're going to listen to our sponsor, and we're going to come back on that one. I think it's time that maybe, with time, that we started concentrating on more about, we've got a dehydration, we need to learn how to hydrate with good old-fashioned water. But then we need to learn how that stress, that, uh, that um, nutrition, and, and good drinking water can begin to release that anxiety and use it as the tonic of it all by learning how to deal with the unknown. Uh, doctor, we're going to listen to our sponsor and uh, write down those notes and let's come back and let's teach people how to deal with this stress. Okay, so Okay, we'll be right back. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing the tear film with just a mist. We'll be right back with Dr. Colbert. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Dr. Colbert, I want to ask you, you said you wrote a book on stress years ago. What is the name of the book? It's called Stress Less. Stress Less. 
So if they went onto the web, they could find uh, under your name, Dr. Don Colbert, C-O-L-B-E-R-T, uh, MD, stress less. Now, today you really had a topic you wanted to discuss, but I think we can take the stress into the what you were wanting to discuss, eat this and live, and nutrition, lifestyle, and toxic relief. When the, when the individual is not eating correctly, in other words, when you feel as a, as a person that you've eaten something that makes you feel so good, you can't stop eating it. Sometimes I've always said, doctor, maybe you shouldn't be eating it because it made you feel too good. Um, a lot of times with uh, each of us, we find ways to release our anxiety, our stress, or our nervousness by uh, just daily enjoying uh, eating. And you know, this is what happened in life, doctor, is we made entertainment, our eating as entertainment as people doing with their computers now, it's an entertainment. How would you teach a person listening today all over the world? Uh, and by the way, we're on World Talk Radio, Green Talk Radio, and Apple's iTunes, um, trying to grab this new youthful audience to listen about their own environmental choices for their health. How would you, how would you bring them to a very definitive description? If you don't want anxiety and you don't want to be nervous and you want to be healthy and you want to lear, learn to live with life, the way it should be, what are the secrets to releasing that stress? Well, first of all, I tell people we need to change our diet because the way most people are wired is when they're stressed, they immediately seek out a comfort food. Now, what comfort foods do, such as sugars and highly processed foods and donuts, is they do give you comfort and they do raise serotonin levels, which is the neurotransmitter associated with well-being. But then what it also does, it sets you up for hypoglycemia, craving more foods that are the high, highly sugary foods that literally set us up for that cycle. And eventually what happens is we develop neurotransmitter imbalance and we're stuck in a rut of chronic stress or anxiety now or you depression. you said the word neurotransmitter. Right. These are yeah. simply uh, feel-good chemicals in our brain. I was going to say, now can I... I'll add something to that or ask you a question. I have a strong belief that research will prove in time. Did you know, doctor, that the eyes become addictive? Well, the eyes are an extension of the brain. Yeah, the eyes become addictive with eye drops, and they've been proven long ago. And they were very worried about that because the eyes make up the decision for you. In other words, you may have had an eye drop and it liked it so well, you went back and put another eye drop and you liked it so well. You didn't know it, but your eye organ became addictive. Is it possible that the cells in the body become addictive to, without you even knowing it, uh, that they become addictive to the carbohydrate, the sugar, or whatever it may be, alcohol, legal drugs, illegal drugs? Is it possible that the body is saying to the person, oh, I like this so well, uh, I think I'll take control of you, and all of a sudden you didn't realize that the organs of your body are in control of you, you didn't take control of them. Well, food addictions are very common, as well as drug addiction and alcohol addiction. And uh, unfortunately, most pe- people, we can't eliminate food from our, our diet. We have to eat. Mm-hmm. But these food addictions are very real, and unfortunately, they're leading to the epidemic of not only obesity, but also heart disease, cancer, and depression, anxiety. And then and what about stress. the anorexia? Absolutely, anorexia, because these people have a distorted body image, 
and they also try and regain control and they uh, limit the foods and, and starve themselves, right? So, mm-hmm. again, uh, food addictions are very real, but the food addictions that are most common are usually sugar and chocolate and ice cream and soda pizza and uh, things such as these that really and have little think, to no nutrition What do you think, about the uh, sugar-free sodas? I've, with my studies so far, I... I, I am I am anti anything to do with sugar-free um, uh, formulas. Uh, there's something in them they haven't studied enough, and there's a lot of people who became addictive to drinking it all day long. And the word sugar-free on there is for some reason giving them the conscious freedom of thinking it's it's better than if you drink it with sugar. What is your what is your thinking on your evaluations with uh, sugar-free? Well, there's certain sugar-free beverages that contain aspartame or NutraSweet, which is associated with uh, many side effects, including, uh, you know, behavioral problems, uh, depression, migraine headaches. Actually, it can form lesions in the brain similar to Alzheimer's and cause memory loss. Okay, then we're back to that stress. And then you have uh, Splenda, which is the other very common one that's associated with uh, numerous problems, including... Uh, immune system uh, weakness, especially in the thymus of animals. They found it caused shrunken thymus glands. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I recommend for patients, if they do uh, choose some type of sweetener, to use the herbal sweetener stevia, which is at least um, how do you spell better. How do you spell stevia? Stevia is S-T-E-V-I-A, and it's an herbal sweetener. And uh, you can get it at most health food stores. And it doesn't have the side effects as the artificial type sweeteners okay. that we find. But still, we need to get away from that real sweet taste because when a person continues to crave sweet uh, foods, you know, it becomes literally almost like an addiction to them. But with your and knowledge, have you ever noticed yourself, and we're all human, we are all made up of this organism of living with this earth. Have you ever tasted something that you liked it so well that you had to have another one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, every processed food company has, has hired the brightest chemists and the brightest psychologists and marketers to produce food that so appeals to your five senses that yeah. they're literally <laughs> made so you can't eat just one. It's impossible. I know. It's like having one kernel of popcorn and then no, I mean, so, a piece of uh, some popcorn, and then can you, can you let the bowl sit there? <laughs> so, so you have to keep these foods out of your house, first of all. You yeah, number one, don't house. bring them in. <laughs> Right, and then you've got to not make the choice to eat them because or they're designed. That, if you do at that moment and you're on a camping trip and somebody says, here, have, a, have something, and you're going, oh, my God, I think I'm going to commit suicide, but I guess I will for two minutes. <laughs> well, well, especially if you hadn't eaten in six hours and your blood sugar's low and you eat the whole package and try and, and tear into another one. I know, and I, I, we are all human. We're all human, but um, let's say we get up in the morning. You're fantastic, by the way. Let's say we get up in the morning and we begin our day, doctor, and hopefully they had a good night's sleep, seven to eight hours of good sleep. They begin their day, their feet are on the ground. How should a person begin their day with their nutrition thinking? Well, first of all, I tell people the first thing they do when they wake up, please, and this is what I do every morning, I go and get a large glass of water, alkaline water, pure oh. water to drink. That's the first thing good I do. Good for you. <laughs> and uh, then, of course, I get ready and I shave and take my shower, and then I go and I'll have a nice uh, healthy breakfast and generally still cut uh, oatmeal that has in it walnuts and all types of berries and it's organic. Mm-hmm. And, and how uh, big of a bowl would you have? 
I have approximately, um, it, it's a fairly large size bowl. It's high in fiber, and it fills me up for hours. Eat slowly. Mm-hmm. Right, it has a low glycemic index, so I'm, it's very filling. And uh, and then, you know, it gets me through the morning. But uh-huh. And then I drink a lot of water. In fact, in front of me right now is a very large glass of alkaline water that I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, uh, it, you know, doctor, uh, many years ago when I was studying on stress, if a person wants to relieve stress, yes, eat right, sleep right, but drink water all day long. Uh, even if it's inconvenient, you have to go to the powder room more frequently. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but it, you, now if you have lunch, what do you usually have for lunch? Oh, well, for lunch, in fact, I'm eating it right now. I'll have some brown rice. I've got tongal tuna. Uh, that's in the break room with onions and uh, organic uh, boiled egg and with uh, some um, grapeseed oil mayonnaise. Uh-huh. And uh, that's my lunch. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then you get by, and then what do you have for dinner before you go to, let's, let's say before the day is done, you've had your, have a dinner. Right. Well, first I'll have a mid-afternoon snack that's a flaxseed bar that has a little bit of protein and it's got flaxseeds in it. And for dinner, uh, it depends on what I have. Usually it'll be a salad uh, with romaine lettuce and mm-hmm. with um, maybe chicken breast or, um, you know, wild Alaskan wild salmon. I'll have that a few couple of times a week usually. Or Alaskan I'll wild have... salmon is a very well accepted for health reasons. Um, it's uh, Every time I turn around, there's somebody who says Alaskan wild salmon. Well, it's one of the purest salmons, um, and it's just it's high in omega-3 fats. And a lot of the salmon... salmon that's uh, harvested out of the Atlantic is a lot more is a lot more toxic, a lot higher amounts of mercury right, than the type that's found in the Alaskan seas. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just a better form. But uh, what I do generally is I have high fiber almost always, a little bit of protein. Mm-hmm. I'll have uh, what vegetables. Is it, what and kind fruits. of how much protein should a person have a day? Well, usually what I have them do is take the size of their palm, and uh, which is in women about three uh, ounces, and men about four to five ounces, and I'll have you know they can have that amount of protein uh, twice a day. I don't recommend protein with every meal or meat with every meal. They can have protein, but not the meat. Mm-hmm. And what the protein does is it helps. First of all, it helps our immune system. It helps with the uh, feeling of satiety or satisfaction, mm-hmm. and it helps us build new tissue. So we need, we need protein, but it doesn't have to be animal protein. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what do you think about the protein drinks in the morning, like let's say a rice protein powder or yeah, whatever? Yeah, that's fine. Some rice protein. Uh, whey is, uh, you know, is okay, but uh, the vegetarian-type proteins are fine, and uh, sometimes they're not absorbed or they don't have as high protein quality as the, um, you know, other types of protein, but again, protein is important for us, and we do need protein in moderation. But the majority of Americans just consume way too much protein, and it's creating an acidic environment in their bodies, and it's mm-hmm. stressing their kidneys. Okay. So I see a lot of uh, most people that I see take way too much protein, especially in the form of excessive amounts of meat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, red meat, obviously, uh, they're really saying be cautious with red meat. Um, right. Because number one, I learned as much as it can taste good and whatever, it's very challenging to uh, to detoxify, to digest. Well, it is. And again, if people do eat red meat, just make it about you know four ounces. And again, mm-hmm. when my wife and I go out to eat, we'll have uh, we'll split a dinner. Mm-hmm. We were at a fish restaurant uh, a couple of nights ago, and, and we split a. Um, 
let's see, a, a mahi-mahi from Costa Rica, uh-huh. and it, you know, and there's about four ounces a piece. And then we were out last night, and we split a, a chicken breast. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a large one, so it's about four ounces or five ounces a piece. So uh, that's a good way to do it and also save money, too. Yeah, well, it would save a lot of money. But but also then you're, you're both getting... Uh, uh, not as much as you, I mean, you're getting, a, you don't need anything more than that. In other words, those large plates. Here in America, I don't know, about, I've been all over the world, but it, we always think we're getting our money's worth if the plate is full. And I've always wondered, why can't we just have absolutely the most delicious cuisine, uh, choice of food on there, but not as much? I'm willing to pay the same amount. Right, you're absolutely right. Or if you do go to a real nice restaurant and they serve large portions, either put half of it in a doggy bag and take it home or else split right. it with your partner. Exactly. We, yeah, people do that too. Now, on the toxic release, what is your what is your recommendation for toxic release? Well, again, it that starts with flat? water. Well, well water is water number the most one. important. Yes, thing. number right. one. And and then your food choices, and I talk about the different food choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk about the importance of uh, sweating and infrared sauna. I also talk about now, how to de- bring up the infrared sauna. I've been hearing a little bit about that. Explain that to our audience. Well, an infrared sauna is uh, heats the body up, and it penetrates in usually a couple of inches, and it really helps to detox the body of uh, chemicals and solvents and heavy metals. And you literally pull these out through the sweat. Now, is that a bulb? Is it a bulb that comes in a? No, there's different types. There's Uh kind that are only a a, you know a couple of hundred dollars, and there's real nice cabinet saunas that may be as high as five or ten thousand. So it Uh it just depends. But you don't have to spend a lot of money for them. There's one Uh where your literally your head sticks out of it, and you can just it heats your body up, and you've got the sauna bulbs literally heating your body up. Now, when if let's say you get the smaller one, and because of price, where where on the body would you angle it on the different parts of the body, or is there? Well, they have right. They have instructions on how to do that okay. and like for some people we can uh, put the bulbs over the liver area which helps to detox but for okay. most all my patients with advanced cancers I have them purchase one of these inexpensive infrared saunas and sit in there usually at least once a day and many times twice a day. Okay that's what I was leading to because I have read and studied that this is what's been going on with cancer uh, uh, patients and it's been working. Oh, absolutely. It heats the body up to a temperature of, you know, about 104, 105 degrees. And it's similar like having a fever. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes only 101, 102. It depends. There's some saunas that can go real hot. But uh, when you heat the body like that, it produces heat shock proteins that start to destroy. uh, Well, it helps to mobilize your immune system. It helps Mm -hmm. to restore normal tissue but destroy abnormal tissue. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's amazing how the body is able to regenerate with uh, sauna therapy as well as detoxify as well as utilizes the immune system. Now, you know, a lot of people don't realize that when they're getting up in the morning and they're living their daily life, you still have to digest if you're not eating at all. And the water helps that. But the other thing is, is a lot of people don't understand that you're digesting a toxin through the skin all day long. So if the skin is too dry and not supple and open to uh, distributing the toxin, actually you go to the bathroom less than you uh, distribute the toxin through the skin. You want to explain that to our audience? Our audience? 
Well, the skin is the largest organ in the body, and unfortunately we're putting, no telling what people are putting on their skins in the form of creams and things such as this. But also in perspiration, we actually can, we perspire about, you know, a pint or so of uh, perspiration a day and generally, and we can uh, excrete a lot of toxic material in that perspiration as many people smell when they uh, smell certain people, you know, if they haven't used deodorant. Mm-hmm. So um, the skin is a very large detox organ, but most Americans never take advantage of this detox organ. Instead, they plug it up with antiperspirants and things like yeah. this, and they, it's not cool in our society. Well, and you know, when they go to put something on a dry skin, they're backing up the toxin. They can't release. Exactly, and then they're putting these um, these different creams and oils on that are literally keeping the skin from adequately breathing and releasing the toxins. Absolutely right. So, now, on the human eye organ, you know, every five seconds somebody's going blind all over the world, and when you brought me in years ago to study, many years ago, on what is happening, and eye drops were intended to trap and seal and slow the moisture loss down. They weren't invented to supply the, the supplement to replace what's lost because of dry air in your own eyes. So when I, because I had already learned with the human skin organ that if you apply something on the skin and it backs up toxin, it defeats the purpose. If the skin is already dry and you put something on it, like what was professed to be our sunblocks, that was backing up the toxin. It really is not. Not one skin care cream, oil, or gel, or anything provides you moisture. They were allowed, they had been allowed to call them moisture, moisturizer, whatever used the word moisture, and it became confusing all over the world. The people thought, I'll put some cream on, it'll put moisture, but they didn't realize that if you're putting moisture on dehydrated, dry skin that has toxin in there that isn't released, you're actually backing up the toxin in the eyes and in the skin. Right, absolutely, and that's unfortunately what the majority of Americans are doing. And all over the world. Right, you're absolutely right. And uh, yes, we've we only to... got about 30 seconds left, and I hope we get to do this again. You're very good at educating. Uh, tell sure. us a little well, bit about your books and uh, your, where to go to find you on the web. Sure. Well, I've written over 40 books. I've been doing this a very long time. I've helped thousands of patients, and they can easily go to my website at drcolbert.com, or some people pronounce it Colbert, but it's uh, it's. You know, the books are on the website, supplements. And so it's uh, www.drcolbert.com. Correct. Okay, and you look at your books, and you're a very good educator. I think uh, people are listening closely, I'm sure, not oh, well, to thank the you. word you had to say. And uh, best, uh, God bless and God bless uh, with you your too. patience and your outlook and your mission, and I hope we can do this again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have okay, a great day. You have day. a nice day and tell your family I said hello. Thank you. I sure will. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. I know you learned a lot. Dr. Colbert, Dr. Co- I call him Colbert, but Colbert, uh, in Longwood, Florida, has been practicing for many years the nature of, of your wellness, but he is an MD. And a lot of doctors are turning into being MDs with the nature of their practices. And you learned a lot about that today. And remember, your personal environmental lifestyle choices can be that way every day, is learn what you can, absorb what you can, release their tension, learn from what you what's good for you, and don't compare yourself to somebody else. But you can learn from them, but don't compare because you're that unique. You're one of a kind. Uh, we're going to listen to our sponsor, and we're going to come back with Mike Wade. 
from Sacramento, California, who's executive director of the California Farm Water Coalition. We're going to learn a lot about water here today because I know they have a mission. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature Sears iMist, and we'll be back with Mike Wade. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to World Talk Radio, Green Talk Radio, and Apple iTunes. We're syndicated. We're excited about our global uh, radio talk show, and our guests are always very exciting. Today we have Mike Wade. Mike, are you with us? I'm here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. I have to tell you, you have a very special challenge going on in California for a long time. How long have you been in the California Warm, uh, with the, uh, the Farm Water Coalition, it's called? I've been here uh, a little over 10 years, and it has been an exciting and challenging position. Boy, what a knowledgeable uh, experience. Now, that's where I'm coming from, Mike, is the experience you've been gaining. gaining. Um, you know, before I go very much further, I want to ask you, what is that billboard on the freeway that goes along I-5 toward Southern California that says something about the water? It has a slogan. Yeah, the, we have had uh, some billboards for a number of years that say, food grows where water flows. There we, we go. Food right. grows where water flows. We want to remind the, the public that there is a connection between the water that's used on farms in California and their food supply. That is why I wanted you on today, too, because people of the world have to realize that if you don't have your agriculture, your food uh, chain, your sources of nutrition and, uh, and health of this planet that very few places, not everybody in the world, not every state in the world, every country can grow at all, right? That's right. Exactly. Cal- and it takes water. And California long ago dedicated themselves, that fabulous state, dedicated themselves to the water source of making sure that they would have a few food chain for the rest of the world and excited about the relationship to the world and making sure that the food was healthy and it was available to everybody all over the world if they could supply what was necessary. But it takes water. And that slogan, food grows where water flows, was absolutely, uh, Mike, with my background in water, and I'm, I'm a water nerd, Mike. <laughs> I mean, I am, uh, I'll walk in with a three-piece suit, carrying a briefcase, talking business to the world on what I do, but the technology and research is all water. And I, all I can say is you have your waterways down there, your forefathers thought about it. Now, what in heck is happening to the recent, uh, happening to the agriculture water source? Well, our water supply in California has a marvelous history. It goes back to the gold rush when miners uh, competed for water supply for the kinds of mining that they were conducting. And if we fast forward to today, we have spent many years developing water supply to feed our agriculture industry 
and that industry provides 50% of the nation's fruits and vegetables. And what, what has happened recently, there are conflicts in the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta among all water users, whether it's farm water or urban users or the environment. And some of the severe challenges we're facing is how to supply all of those needs adequately so that everyone has their fair share and we're not causing harm or damage to one of the other interest users. Now, when you say what your, your resources are needing uh, for, the, for the agriculture, and I have such admiration, and listeners, you should all have tremendous amount of respect and admiration for your farmer. The farmer is what you ha- you've got to have a farmer like you have to have a truck driver. And, the, without, and you've got to respect. You need a farmer who gets up and not sure which bug is going to be there, and they have to deal with that through the years, and they've got to have plenty of water. They've got to have the people to work in the, in the, on, the, on the, big, uh, the agricultural farms that are giving you the chance to go to your grocery store and your, uh, our uh, Walmart or wherever we go to buy the food that you choose and not pay an enormous amount of money for it. Where else in the world can you go, Mike, and not spend an enormous amount of money, really, on getting the food sources you need for your nutrition. And yet they want to take away the water. Well, that's right. And, and they Cal- want to destroy the farmer. Yeah, California is one of only five Mediterranean climate regions in the world, and we're the most productive agricultur- agriculturally. The, the people who live along the West Coast are so lucky because of the, the new local grown food movement that is gaining in popularity. We have everything at our disposal right here in our backyard from mm-hmm. fresh fruits and vegetables to uh, the, the grains, the, the organic rices that are grown in the Sacramento Valley. Mm-hmm. It's just a tremendous bounty, and we have it all right here in our own backyard. And it wouldn't be there without water. That's right. The water supply is so important. And agriculture... Now, Mike, I'm going to say something real quickly before I forget because I have a tendency to interrupt once in a while so I don't go too fast. Do you know that when you're water and you're feeding the crops and you're irrigating the crops, that it also feeds moisture water back into the aquifers below there every season? That's right. See, people forget that if you don't feed those aquifers, whatever season you can get the excuse to get those aquifers fed, that, that the rains can't do it as much as, as actually as the, as the uh, brings together the uh, irrigating to feed those aquifers and replenish them again. And your, your resources down there, your reservoirs, your ducks, dikes, everything you have, the resources, any moisture that comes out of the air, it's putting it back in there too. Anything you have on the surface of the, of the land there that has got your reservoirs or your, uh, your streams or your, uh, what do you call those, uh, aqueducts? Uh, aqueducts. Are putting That's moisture right. in the air so you're not living on the desert. That's right. Uh, farmers have known for, for many years the unique relationship between our groundwater supply and our surface water supply. And in times of abundant rainfall and snowfall, farmers often use surface water to irrigate their crops, and it helps replenish groundwater. So in times of drought, which come periodically, we're experiencing one right now in California, we have those groundwater supplies that we can depend on to help maintain a balance in our farm production from year to year. Mm-hmm. Now, California does get resources of water uh, also from, um, uh, is it Colorado? 
there is the Colorado River in Southern California into our desert region and also the Klamath River flowing in from Oregon that provides water resources from out of state. But the rest well, How of do it, you get the waters there? I think listeners around the world were curious. When California is so far away from California and, and the Oregon, the Klamath region, how do you get the water there? Well, the Klamath River flows into California and becomes part of our water supply system uh, north of Redding. And it's, uh, it helps irrigate the Klamath River Basin, and there's a lot of production there that goes back to the turn of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. The Colorado River flows along the seven wa- uh, basin states from as far north as Wyoming down through uh, Nevada and Arizona and mm-hmm. other states into California and then proceeds on into Mexico to drain into the Gulf of California. Mm-hmm. So what are they doing to solve some of the challenges they have? Well, in the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta, our most important region right now and really ground zero for water supply in the state, we're looking at ways that we can uh, move water around the delta for reliability for water users. The, the 3 million acres of farmland and 25 million Californians that depend on the delta for their water supply mm-hmm. And then also have fresh flows that go through the delta to help maintain ecosystems and delta farming regions so that uh, they're they're not left high and dry either. Mm -hmm. But what it's going to take is a major initiative to build uh, the peripheral canal that was addressed at one time in 1982 and failed. I think there's a new appreciation for what that project can provide. Now, when you say the peripheral canal, is that your aqueduct? That is a uh, proposed aqueduct that would carry water from south of Sacramento along the eastern edge of our delta region past Stockton to the Tracy area where the pumps are that, that move okay. water to users south of the delta. And okay. that's a, a project that has been needed for many years and what many people believe will help balance the water system for all users. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to, I have a little, I'm outspoken once in a while, but I really was disappointed when they started putting in this billions upon billions upon billions of dollars into the uh, system of our country's uh, lifestyle that they didn't think about water, as uh, not just roads, water. Uh, it, it would be adding enormous amount of jobs, enormous amount of, of energy, of uh, futures, of uh, new uh, futures of generations to come. Uh, I was very surprised, Mike, that they didn't pump an enormous amount of money into yeah. water. You're, you're exactly right. There was a lot of disappointment in the water community that that didn't happen. We're hopeful that down the road uh, we'll see some relief and some recognition of the importance that water has and, and recognize that the, the investment that occurred by our predecessors to get us where we are today is something that we need to repeat. Oh, I like the way you said predecessors, those that came before us that sacrificed their lives to learn how do we protect our rivers and our streams. And, and even though they had those dams, I do you know I was interviewing uh, back east in Connecticut, one of the longest rivers in the country, and they have no end of dams and never had any problem, and the fish still go up, Mike. And they, it's a clean river. It's a, comes, uh, tributaries come out of Canada, all the longest river in the country. Um, would you like to leave our listeners with a little footnote here, and um, we'll bring you back again when we hear you're getting something accomplished and some of the goals you're trying to accomplish? Well, sure. I would just repeat something that you said, Sharon, I think wisely that uh, your listeners 
need to take a second look at the farm community in California and around the country and the people that we depend on for our food and fiber products. And one thing to, to bear in mind is if you're not growing all of the food that your family consumes in a day or in a week, that somebody else has to be growing that for you. And in California, it takes adequate and dependable water supply to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, you said it. Food grows where water flows. That's right. And that's the nature of life, and we're living with Earth. It's not going to live with us. We got to, That's the ecosystem of all the specialness of, of each individual on Earth. has got to start taking that serious, and you are, obviously. I can tell by your tone of voice. Mike, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much you for having me on You have a special day, and uh, well, I would like to do this again sometime because I'm sure we'll have other subjects we can discuss with what, how serious the water situation is. I'd be happy to do that. Thank you. You have a nice day. Thank you. Bye. Well, listeners around the world, listeners in America, I'm coming from Oregon, and yes, we're snuggled here where I talk. I can look out at the most beautiful mountains in the world. It's absolutely gorgeous, and water everywhere. I'm sitting where some of the biggest, largest storage of water in the world is, uh, the rivers, the Rogue River. Uh, he mentioned the Klamath River Basin, which is not far from here. We have the Kalamaopsis region, which used to be a rainforest. We have the Smith River going into the Pacific Ocean, where down at Gold Beach and Brookings and those areas, we have six rivers flowing into the ocean. We're not far from here. Around the world, the water is most important to your life. And uh, our historians, uh, our uh, our villages, our uh, cultures all began where the water was flowing. And remember, your life is the flow of water. You get up in the morning, you put your foot on the ground, you begin the flow. Have a glass of water, talk to your water, feel your water. It's you. You're made of water. You're 80 to 90% water. And Remember how serious it is in the mother's womb in water and you entered in the air you breathe, you begin a dehydration life cycle. From that moment on, no two eyes are alike. That's a dehydration. The eyes are connected to the brain. Is there some studies that we need to research and understand the moisture level that the eyes are getting from the brain if the brain is 80% water and the eyes are open to the air and the air is so dry? Maybe there's some research that needs to be done there on what's causing the stress. Maybe your stress is because you're not drinking enough water. Maybe your stress is you're eating too much sugar. Maybe your stress is you're putting a lot of stress on yourself. Would you like to learn to deal with stress, or are you just enjoying stress? Do you like the negative, or do you prefer being open-minded and being objective? Let's call that fair and balanced with way Fox talks television, radio. Let's be fair and balanced. That would release a lot of stress as being open-minded about how you think, knowing that somebody else may not always agree, but be open-minded about what you want for your own personal environmental lifestyle choice and your own freedoms. You know, through the world, that we have so many people dying because there's not enough water. And in parts of the world, we have one billion children dying of water every year one billion throughout the world and you need to understand that out of those children that are dying throughout the year i didn't mean to say billion i'm sorry and in the parts of the world where there's a a huge population we have 1.8 million get back to why million get away from the billion aren't we getting confused 1.8 
million children are dying every year because of lack of water. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. Leave your footprint and leave something behind that's special from you. Have an, thank you for listening and have a nice day. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.